The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Anthony Smith's power was off the chain tonight. I think I'm better. And then that was the game plan. Just be better in every position. Anthony Lionheart Smith! A beautiful submission. Well done, Sean Brady. 16 and 1. You're going to get knocked out. You're going to knock out. Ain't nobody getting knocked out. He got submitted, and that's what I do. And that's what I'm going to do from now on. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered, where um, we have Anthony Smith, and as Matt wanted, Sean Brady will be on today. Uh, Anthony is fighting Khalil Roundtree on two weeks' notice. Uh, Khalil just had a fight cancel. What? What? What did you just say? I said that Anthony is fighting Khalil Roundtree and then, on two weeks' notice because Khalil, I thought, had a fight cancel. Did, oh, did he? Yeah, what I believe he, he was supposed to be on... Uh, well, who was he supposed to be uh, fighting? He just had a fight as a Matt Merzikonov, and I just I knew that just happened. Okay. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, but anyway, what I really wanted to say is I'm looking forward to this fight a lot. I am also uh, looking forward to I may have to run out while we're talking. I'm getting my colonoscopy tomorrow. So today oh. is that delightful day where you're just you're shitting all day. Jimmy, so someone's going up and looking inside your ass. And my throat. I'm getting them both done the same day. You should always do them the same day. You're already there. Yeah, why not? You'll be under anyway. Yeah, I won't even know what's going on. Um, Have you gotten one yet? A colonoscopy? Have you ever done it? (laughs) I did three, Jimmy. Oh, you have? Right. Okay, so you've been. You you go under for them too, right? You know about me and my ass? Yeah, of course you go under. You don't want to be awake when someone's up inside your ass. Well, you might. But I, my doctor told me he does too. He said he's awake when when they do it. He likes to look on the monitor. He's nuts. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know someone who does who's I, awake. I didn't know. I thought you were joking. I thought everybody. No. Would be Honda. No, I I, I want to be. Uh, so anyway, turning my heat off so it doesn't uh, bother us. But if I, if I have to run out, you. Oh, so you've done the prep days before, you know. I did those prep days. You can eat Jello on a prep day, right? Like clear Jello. Dude, no, it's funny. One time my father ate like ravioli. He forgot. 
he forgot. Forgot. And he went there and he goes, oh, I, I didn't realize that you couldn't eat on it. He did the thing and he ate. So he goes, ah, oh, they went in there anyway. I'm like, oh, gross, Dad. Probably had wow. the, probably fucking pretty thick in there. Yeah, um, yeah, you don't want ravioli shits. Oh, I mean, that's a rough one. That's not that's oh, not like slipping and having a fucking a garbanzo oh, bean. That's a rough meal. You don't want. <laughs> you got those guys fucking putting stuff through there. It's fucking disgusting. But anyway, enough of all the duty talk. Yes. Um, although uh, this Saturday we should talk because that's when Anthony is fighting Khalil. Um, this is a good card too. Song Yadong against Chris Gutierrez is the uh, the main event bantamweight fight. That's a great fight. And who is it? I think Anthony Smith is uh, in the same uh, gym as Gutierrez. So uh, let me see. Oh, we have Anthony in the uh, waiting room. Oh, I should have given myself the thumbs yeah, up. Let's talk, let's talk to Anthony. And then I got to unload some stuff on you later on, Jimmy. Sumadarji against uh, Tim Elliott, by the way. Great, great fight. Unload on me. Oh, no. Am I going to get yelled at? No. Why I'm so down. But I'm going to try to be up because Anthony's here. And this is Anthony's 13th appearance on UFC Unfiltered. I can't believe it. Hey, Anthony. 13 appearances, huh? Yeah. That, Anthony's like, wow, I, I feels like it's like the second. That's because it's good. When things are happening and it's so much fun, it's like, it's almost like the first time. I don't fuck. Right. Feels like the first time every time, Matt. As I'm Thank saying, you. Jimmy's like shrunk. He's like looking at me weird. No, because I don't. I don't know if Anthony's saying 13 times or if he just feels like it's been so many more, no. like because it's draining. <laughs> no, hey Anthony, let me ask you because I'm not that guy ever because I'm such a like a worried wart when I want to peak at the right time. What now? Have you? I mean, you have so, you have so many fights. Do you, like, you don't have a rule against jumping in like last second to take a fight, like. You're like that. You're you're in shape anyway. How do you? What's your mind behind taking this short notice fight versus Khalil Roundtree? Matt, when I first started fighting, like uh, even as an amateur and, and a, a handful of my pro fights, I wouldn't know who I was fighting until I showed up that night, and we would just weigh in, and they'd match us as close as they could in weight. So, like I did that. I've done that 25 times before. Um, historically, I've always done really well on short notice anyway. So, you know, I fought Rashad on short notice. I got back into the UFC on short notice. I fought Shogun on short notice. Um, I just, I just historically have done well and I just don't stress too much about it. You know what I mean? I, I think sometimes people make this, this game a whole lot more complicated than it is. It's sometimes it's just less stressful. As long as my weight cuts are okay, the, there's really no stress. I come in, I don't have six to eight weeks to bang my body up and worry about it every night and lay in bed yeah. stressed. And, I feel good. And you don't really blow up. I never see you being a fatty, Anthony. You're always looking. Well, I mean, like, I wear big shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you always like, so I mean, I, I'm sure it's not like you're like, oh man, I got to get back. I got to get back first in shape and then I got to get in fight shape. You, you, you know, you, you, even um in the off season, you got your daily routine. I'm sure it's not your fight routine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not, I'm not in camp, but I'm always doing something. If I don't do something, I, I go insane. Yeah, I, I, can't just sit around and and i don't know i, I don't know and, and i do get heavy but i don't get like fat but i but it comes off pretty fast i think yeah. i was like 235 when they called wow so do you uh i mean you obviously do a lot of desk work and you're so good at that do you you're watching so many fights that a lot of guys might not watch because it's, it's, it's another part of your job do you think that helps like have you seen so much more stuff on khalil that you might have um if you weren't in that job 
Yeah, I mean, I've definitely watched more Khalil Roundtree than I than I typically would have. Um, he also fought one of my teammates uh, two fights ago. Um, and so I, I was helping Dustin get ready for that fight. And then I actually worked that card. So I had to break down Khalil's kind of entire career. Um, so I, I, I was very familiar with Khalil and didn't have a whole lot of homework to do once I once I got the call. You know, this is out of this is out of left field, but you know, I'm I, in the middle of the night. I'm on the on the ball a lot. Sorry, that's T- TMI. But wait, 13 times, <laughs> Anthony feels comfortable with us. Yeah, you know, you know, well, Anthony, you know, how you're scrolling through your thing, you know. So I saw a clip, and this was literally last night. So this is funny, and it was you watching. I don't know if this is new or not. It might be old news. I don't know. But it was one of those little reels. It was you watching Conor McGregor like talking about you or making fun of you doing like doing your commentary. And then you went on to say Con is upset because he's no longer one of his he's not with his peers anymore. He's not one of us. Is that an old thing or is that new? No, that's pretty that's old. That was probably is it old? Like, sorry, man. Uh, no, it's probably I mean, it's not like it's five years ago. It's probably a year ago. Oh, okay. Where, it should yeah. I just think it's weird that it came up last night. I wasn't doing any research. I was just doing my business. And now, yeah. you, now I just thought that was a weird coincidence. I didn't know when it was from. Yeah. yeah. And, and Connor was on this thing for a while where, you know, he, he gets fixated on people, you know, and, and yeah. I was the target at the time. And, and I've never really had any real issue with Connor. It's usually Connor has an issue with something that I said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, did that ever continue, or did it get squashed, or just what anything yeah, happened? Pop, no. It pops up every once in a while, you know, like it, this, like a fucking idiot, like me. He's like, hey, look at that. Fuck it, I don't. Well, I mean, I spend so much, I spend so much time on podcasts and radio shows and and ESPN, and and he's a, a notable figure in the sport. Yeah. So when he does something, it, I it would be very irresponsible of me not to address it. You know what's oh. interesting too is you have the same thing we do. Like we're like we, you know we just do this dumb thing. We pick fights. It doesn't mean anything. But you have to talk about guys that I'm sure you like, not not in an unfavorable way. But if they don't perform well, or if you think somebody else really outfought them, I mean, you might have to talk about them in a way that you wouldn't want to. But part of your job is you have to, or you're not being honest. Yeah, that, that's probably the hardest part of the job. Is uh, I'll give you I'll give you two examples, and they're both they both have the same person involved. Uh, coincidentally. Derek Minner versus Grant Dawson. Derek Minner was a kid that uh, we 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 pulled him out of his house when he was like five or six years old, and we would bring him to my house, and my grandma would cook for him, and we like looked after him, and he was the little annoying little fuckhead that we would just drag <laughs> the restaurants, and he was like a little brother that we just you know like uh, I, I guess kind of saved you know out of a bad situation, and and just kind of took him under our wing and he was just part of the group, you know? Um, and then he fought Grant Dawson, who at the time I was currently training with. So I had like a current training partner, but someone that I've known since I was single digits age, you know? So sure. then I, then I have to stand up on there in ESPN and I have to talk about them both. And then I have to pick one, um, which one do I think is going to beat the other? So no matter what, someone's feelings are going to get hurt. And then Bobby Green fights Grant Dawson. Me and Bobby have been cutting weight together since we were in Strike Force, making 2000 and 2000, telling each other how someday we're going to make it to the UFC and be something. Yeah. And then he fights Grant Dawson, who, you know, like uh, is from Nebraska and a guy that I train with on and off. So it, you know, I, those are the worst situations when I have two people that I really, really like and, and I don't really want either one of them to lose. And then I have to go up there and I have to pick which one I think is going to. It sucks.
How do you handle that? Do you tell them after, like, look, man, it was just one of those things where it was a stylistic thing? Or, uh, how do you, uh, do you, or do you not say anything to them? Do you just assume that they have to understand that? Or how do you deal with it? Um, it, it depends. A lot of times it'll be, you know, I'll have to, uh, I'll usually go, try to go by the numbers. You know, if it's two people, because there's a lot of times that I'm like, you know what, I, I knew that Derek Minner was going to lose that fight. But I can't just go. I, I knew that from the from jump. I knew he was going to lose that fight. But I can't just go up there and say that. So I, I did justify it with the numbers and the takedowns. And, and you know, I just did the best I could to, to make it black and white and not so uh, subjective. Um, and the Bobby Green thing, you know, I just got to <laughs> tell Bobby, get it. Like, you understand the position you're in and, and where you're at. And then he ended up winning and made me look stupid. And, and I, w- <laughs> I, w- I was really happy to go up there and eat crow on, on ESPN. And that's it. And not only that, though, it's not like you're a guy talking out your ass who hasn't done it. You haven't right. been, you haven't felt like the glory or felt like defeat. You know what I mean? So it's like, right. I think if anybody has the right to say it, it's guys like me and you. Jimmy should watch his fucking mouth. I'm always, I'm always careful. Oh, no. Jimmy, I'm fucking <laughs> But uh, no, but like, no, like, done it. like, look, man, I've had plenty of bad nights. So it's like, and. We got families to feed, so they're paying us to do it. It's not like I'm just on a just want to say, hey, listen, I just want to let you know I don't believe in you. No, I'm not telling right, them. Right. It's, we got to, to, to kind of shoot them there. I've tried to like to beg ESPN, like, come on, like, don't make me do this. Mm. But that's not that's not the job, you know. That's not, not the job, job that I was hired for. It's it's good to be opinion. Listen, they people are paying for your opinion, you know. Right. And Who there's you- another one I loved. I'm sorry. It was one of the things I loved with Anthony. And I was with him. I was with him, with him, with him. And then I thought you maybe jumped the shark a little bit. Let me explain. Okay. It was I- with it was with Tate. A- a- with Andrew Tate, right? That's his name? Andrew Tate. Yes. Yeah. So Andrew Tate was taking a shit on jujitsu. Now it 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 just happens that Andrew Tate all his MMA losses I think are from getting submitted so it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. so the guy talks like oh these jujitsu guys in a street fight you don't want to be on the floor dude nobody's choosing to fucking jump the guard you silly guy but you know <laughs> chances are and his and when he fights one on one in a cage with somebody he can't keep them from keep taking them down and submitting them so he's shitting on jujitsu so I love that Anthony was like look you put us in a room together you know. Basically, I'm walking out. You can do whatever you want to do. And I was with you. And you're like, yeah, even give him a knife. I go, ah, oh, well, Anthony, I <laughs> that's when you maybe just took it a little too. I go, oh, now. I think that was his They were saying it, they were, we were talking about Andrew Tate. And listen, Andrew yeah. Tate serves a purpose. You know what I mean? Like he is what he is. And, and but he says a lot of dumb shit. Yeah. And, they they essentially Bisping was like, what, what's going to happen? I said, if you put me and Andrew Tate in a room and you shut the door and you just leave us to our devices and we see who walks out of it, I'm walking out of that room. Yes. Uh, yes. And then Bisping said, well, what if he has a knife? Oh, Bisping still- said it. Yeah. Oh, he Bis- fucking, no, I blame Bisping then. No, That's yeah, Bisping. I thought you said. So then I said, I think there's a good chance I still walk out of that room. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think that, I think that guy, uh, I think he's he's definitely entertaining, you know. There's something about yeah. him, that it factor. But hey, dude, don't shit on jujitsu. That's when you lose. Yeah, yeah. That's you you now because now you sound ignorant when you're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, these jujitsu guys, dude." Totally agree. Totally. You also, Anthony, I, I, Bobby just uh, lost a really tough fight to Jalen Turner, who again came up. I want to say on six days, 
yeah. uh, notice. So it kind of goes to what you were saying. Some guys can just come off and, and, and fight and, and be ready. And th- th- there's no big lead up of pressure or like you said, laying there every night thinking about it. It frees you up a little bit, right? In a way, it frees your mind up like you haven't had time to almost to, to do whatever it is your mind does. Yeah, especially if you're a, a, a super analytical person, you can just you can just think yourself into circles if you have enough time and you're kind of left to your own devices. So, and I'm kind of that way, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll sit around and worry about shit that's never going to happen in day-to-day life. You know, I'll lay in bed and worry like, Oh my God, what if I can't pay my bills? Like, <laughs> which yeah. is just not a situation, you know, like I'll just make up shit that, that doesn't matter. So um, I, I thought Jalen looked really good versus Bobby. I felt, you know, I, obviously I feel for Bobby, but I like Jalen Turner as well. So that was a, another tough one, but um yeah man i can just go in free you know and khalil khalil there may have been other guys that maybe i wouldn't have been so quick to jump on to to fight short notice but as as explosive and powerful and fast and and dangerous as khalil is i I like i like monsters that i know i'd rather take a guy that's a level 10 danger factor but's predictable Versus a guy who maybe is a, a five danger factor, but super unpredictable. So uh, I, you know what you're getting into with Khalil. You know what he's going to bring to the table. He fights everybody fairly similar. Um, who would you say is that five, Anthony? That's a, good, that's a great point you made. Who would you say is is uh, the less predictable? It could even be somebody you fought. Like who, who would you think? Like a, like a Ryan Spann, uh, like Krylov. Um, you know, even guys like... Uh, Oh man, even like uh, like uh, Alonzo Menafield, like those guys that are pretty dangerous. You, I would probably beat them, but like you get in there with them on short notice, and and you don't have enough time to like really dig into their game. They're unpredictable. You you don't know what they're gonna do. Like a guy with the unpredictability, like Johnny Walker, is a nightmare for me. Yeah. Like I'm better than that guy everywhere, but he's just so unpredictable. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. So I do well with really predictable guys. I do well with guys that have a clear path to victory. Like Khalil has one path to victory. So that, that now that path is, <laughs> he's super dangerous there and it's really good, but at least I know what it is. Yeah. Guys like Johnny Walker, like, is his move when you're in the cage with him, is the movement kind of what you expected? He is, he's just a, and like, it seems like he moves in a lot of unorthodox ways. Again, like Bobby green has his own way of fighting. Mm-hmm. It's just not as common. Uh, and when you're facing a guy like that, is it like it's obviously a lot different when you're training and you're like oh all right this is really hard to figure out yeah it's it's hard it's hard to deal with when he's in front of you his size is a, is a problem he's really big um you know i bet he's i mean out outside of camp he's probably he's close to 250 and he's he's above 230 when he's in there so um he's just a really really big dude he's really long he moves really really weird for his size He'll jump and spin at any point in time, but then sometimes he's aggressive and moves forward, and sometimes he'll show up and he kind of sits back and chills. Um, you know, if you spend six weeks preparing for a guy that's going to be wild and crazy and and go off, with, you know, like a bomb the whole time, and then he kind of sits back and picks at you from the outside, that's not exactly what you were ready for. Right. Um, it, it changes so, your yeah. It's it's a surprise to you, and then you're in there and like <clears throat> I I remember I thought when Matt Hughes was on top of me, I'm like, all right. Here comes the thunder. And I was waiting for him to start trying to drip, just rain down, rain down blows. But he was playing a tighter game. Just I'm like, no, this is not what I expected. Yeah, it's it throws you. Weird. It kind of throws you off a little bit. You're like, yeah. no. 
You know, you got to try to change on the fly, you know? Mm -hmm. How amazing was uh, a Brundage win over uh, Reese? Uh, two fights in a row, guys being slammed on their heads like that. I think DC said he had never seen. What was the fight right before that where there was Joe this? Joe Yes, yes. Uh, Drakkar Close. Drakkar Close got slammed, yeah. Uh, he slammed uh, uh, Selecki. Um, is the triangle, was that as rare a slam too? Were they both that rare? Uh, or was it just the uh, the armbar? Same shit. Armbar, yeah. triangle. Yeah. Okay. Go, ahead. Go ahead, Anthony. It, it, well, it's kind of on, on them too. Like, you almost deserve that. Like, if you get lifted up in the air and you won't let go, you're, you're, you're rolling the dice. You're, yeah. you're kind of risking. There's a risk-reward thing there. Like, maybe you, maybe, maybe you don't go out when he slams you and you keep the submission and you get a finish, or maybe he puts you out. But that's not typically, a, like, a roll of the dice that I'm willing to make. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of other things. It's really irresponsible, to be honest. Like, if you just hook a leg when he goes to lift, then there is no lift. It, it's... It's really that simple. It's kind of, I don't know, sometimes it's that mentality where they start to get lifted and they just want to hold on. And like, you got to kind of open up your brain a little bit and, and you got to be willing to lose that submission to stay awake. Um, got your losses. And, yeah. Yeah. Got your losses. If you're getting, you got to let go. So um, I was really happy for Cody Brundage, though. I think I've come on here a couple of times and just sang that guy's praises about how talented he is. And, and he's got a bad case of uh, the bright light syndrome. You know, when when we're in the gym, oh. whether it's me or Rob Wilkinson, the the PFL champ, the Dustin Jacoby, you know, any any top like world ranked UFC guy at 85 or 205, it's all we can do to keep Cody off of us. I mean, it's it's all we can do to stay ahead of him. He gives us fucking fits every single day. It, it's a motherfucker, man. It it's almost like it's almost annoying. Like, can we, can someone just get this motherfucker away from me for a little bit? And then he goes in and fights and, and just shits the bed and he just can't put it together. Um, you know, and, and it, I, I guess I don't mean it so much like that at, to make it to the UFC and to get a win. And, and sure. now he's hit two bonuses. That's, that's pretty successful compared to the rest of the world that, yeah. that attempts this sport. But I think compared to where we know his ceiling is, and what he's been producing, it, th those are way far apart. They, we got to figure out how to get those closer. But you know, he's got a new baby. He's got a family. He's, you know, he's, he's, he puts the time in. So it's cool to see him get a finish and a bonus. Well, you look at guys, too, like uh, Sean O'Malley. He's a guy who always seems to fight well under pressure. Like There are some guys that just like, – I, I like that bright light. I hadn't heard that before. There are some guys that just, for some reason, are, are really successful in those moments. And yeah. I, I guess it's a lack of – not a lack of nerves, but the ability to just let yourself be free and do what you do. Um, because tightening up and tensing up and overthinking, I mean, it never helps anybody no matter what you're doing. Yeah, well, and Connor, Connor's always been one of those guys that's – he's just – always produced well under pressure. Um, but I, you know, even in Cody's fight, I seen a couple of things that, that showed me that he's growing. Like, you know, Matt knows if you, if you list out the best ways to defend a triangle, lifting and pulling out of it is probably the last one, but I would rather he made that decision and committed to it than what he normally does when he gets in fights. And cause he's such an analytical dude too. Like normally I think he would have got that triangle jumped and he would have said, okay, do I stack him? Should I turn and pass? Should I just try to resist? Do I need to try to get my other arm in? And he, by that time, he doesn't make any decision at all. Yeah. And, and then he's fucked. So the fact that he made a decision immediately and just went with it and committed to it, I, 
shows me that there's enough growth that we can continue to build on that. So it's not the decision I would have asked for, but my grandpa used to always say when we're playing pool, if you're not good, hit it hard. So like whether the decision was right or not, he, he committed to it hundred percent and I'm good with that. And I remember that Connor Eddie Alvarez fight at the garden. I was actually at that fight and watching Eddie walk in, who was the champion at the time. Mm-hmm. You, you felt like he almost felt like he was walking to his fate, like going to his, it, it just did. And he was such a great tough fighter. But it just felt like Connor was very comfortable in that moment, and it felt like Eddie wasn't as comfortable in that moment. And I guess it's just that thing. Um, and I, I, I he, because he didn't fight up to his potential. Like he's a better fighter than that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And and, and Connor just does something to somebody where I don't know. He, I think it. I think it's less about what he says. It's about the aura that he has when you're around him. It, like John Jones is very similar. Like I never really cared about what John said, but the the way you just felt like you weren't supposed to be there when you were around him, it, it throws you off. It throws you off. And see, but Matt, Matt went in there and just felt exactly like that probably and then knocked out GSP and just, you know, shocked the world. So uh, that's what we all hope we can do, but it, it's not that normal, to be honest. Yeah, None of us are that normal, including Jimmy. No. <laughs> Jimmy, you're far from normal. I'm fucking no, I, I know. Hey, Anthony, when all said and done, you got a lot of time left, man. And dude, 35. Say it, Jimmy. I was kind I, look, I wasn't gonna say it, but when I Matt was don't. 35, he uh he knocked out Frank Trigg. Well, he said it. Yes, I, I know. I need so to embarrass you. Far from over. I mean, <laughs> Frank Trigg, 35, didn't like it. You're 35 years young, you have a lot of left in the tank. When it's all said and done, you're very good at the commentary. Is that is that the thing? Is that where we're going? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, to be to be honest, I think that the UFC and ESPN would be much happier if I just retired and went full time. Oh, that's on the, funny. Um, so I, I I do kind of feel like I, I feel like a lot of people around me want me to retire just because I do have that clear path on the other side of it. Um, yeah. But I just can't I can't shake this title thing. I just it's it's you I'm obsessed it. over it. It's like I could fight, I could quit fighting right now and nothing would change for me as far as my lifestyle. I live a pretty humble lifestyle. I I'd have a whole lot more time at home, but um I just can't shake that shiny gold belt. And I know that probably once I like if I was to win it, I'm sure I'd have that same, you know, I've 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 talked with Steep A and Wideman and 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 even you a little bit, Matt. Like yeah. I I'm sure everyone has that like, oh, that's it, you know, kind of feeling. Like it's not exactly what you thought it was gonna be. Um but I, I don't know. I think I, I, I want the opportunity to, to be disappointed in it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Does it change for you, though? Like when you look at, uh, you, you got, it, I think uh, DC was commentating and fighting at the same time. Dominic Cruz, definitely. And yourself, of course, you train as hard and it matters as much. But does it change anything for you knowing like I could just put on a suit and go talk to my friends about fighting like when you're training does it change the way you look at training at all or does that do you have to push that thought out no i i think it i think it motivates me like i i don't really have anything to lose you know i think a lot of times guys are in these positions where i have to win i have to right. get my win i have to have to win these next three fights i got to do this or i'm not gonna or, or i'm not gonna have anything when i'm done i i don't i don't really i don't need to win like i don't right. need to, uh, i don't need to fight you know, I, I could 
could ha- like I said, I could hang it up right now and nothing would change for me. I could continue to do the podcast and the radio show and the desk stuff and and sit up there on a ni- with a nice suit and live my life forever. But um, I think it makes me more dangerous because I want to do this and I don't have to. I think that's what, what's always been fascinating about Cowboy Cerrone, mm. that that guy's never had to fight. You know, he's he's always, you know, he's he's always been in a position of of uh, he's always been very fortunate, I guess. Oh, he has money. That, I didn't know he had money. Yeah, he's always been very fortunate. So, um, I think the fact that he was in the fights that he was in and and had the career that he had when he didn't have to uh, is much more impressive. Uh, knowing he doesn't, he didn't have to do that. He's a a bit a bit of an adrenaline junkie, so yeah. it doesn't doesn't totally shock me because, like right. you know. Fighting's different. Fighting's different. But you can get that adrenaline dump like one time and say, "Okay, I fucking did that." Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Cowboy is nuts. He flies a plane straight up and lets it drop. Like he's fucking crazy. Like he really has a very high bar to get that adrenaline. I I'm, guess where I'm he needs pretty, it. I'm pretty crazy too, but Cowboy takes it to the next level. There's a lot of shit that he does that I'm like, ah, I don't know. That's a bit much. For me. <laughs> yeah. I hope. What wouldn't you do? I'm oh, sorry, Matt. What wouldn't All you right. do? Good. Oh, there, I can't think of anything I wouldn't do. I just don't know that I would pursue all the things that he pursues. Right. Like, if you were to put something in front of me, I can't. I can't think of something I wouldn't do. But well, here's something I wouldn't do. And okay. I, jumped, I jumped on a ball. I did some crazy shit. I wouldn't do that squirrel suit thing when you jump with the solo, like you're just flying. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Then, how do you fucking practice that? Like, no, I don't think you do. I think you it out. <laughs> There's no pra- I mean, how the fuck? Well, you practice it, Matt, when you got a parachute on. Like, you could probably practice it if you have a parachute and do it for a little while, and then if it gets fucked up, you can probably pull your chute. That's what I'm guessing. There's, there's like two things that my wife says I'm not allowed to do that I've wanted to do. One of them has is not that crazy. I, I'm not allowed to get my neck tattooed, and I can't skydive without a parachute. Those are the two things that wow. I want. Let me do. She's pretty. She's pretty good. That's she, pretty fair. Yeah, yeah. Pretty fair. those are things my wife wants me to do. Have you seen uh, that like that skydiving shit where they you jump yeah. out without a parachute? It's just a harness with like a D ring on the back, and then a professional skydives to you and they hook to you in midair. It's insane. It's crazy because if that guy has I a mean, heart attack, you're dead. It is crazy, and I'm all into D rings. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a Anthony- child. Our next guest is in the waiting room, Anthony. We got to let you go, but uh, look, good luck on Saturday. I mean, uh, number eight, you definitely, you're in, look, you could get to a title uh, a shot. I would love to see you fight for the bell. I would love, love, love to see that. Yes. I would love to see you get that. Um, and we'll talk to you again, of course. Have a great yeah. fight on Saturday. I appreciate you guys. Stay in touch, all right? Okay, all right, buddy, Anthony. be good. Thank you. Have a nice holiday if we don't talk to you. Thank you, you too. Both in and out of the octagon, UFC fighters only trust Thorne to fuel their performance. That's because Thorne ensures athletes won't test positive for over 200 banned substances. As UFC's official sports performance nutrition partner over the last three years, Thorne uses the cleanest ingredients and their labels are fully transparent. Here's what UFC Senior Vice President of Athlete Health and Performance Jeff Nowitzki has to say. This is important not only for the elite UFC professional athlete, but also for the general consumer as well, ensuring what they're taking has exactly what it says on the label, is safe and science and research backed. 
Now, like Jeff says, Thorne supports athletes of all ages in every stage of their game, from professional athletes to athletic professionals. UFC only trusts Thorne. You should too. Find out why at Thorne, that's T-H-O-R-N-E dot com. Thorne, T-H-O-R-N-E dot com. Use the promo code UFC10. That's UFC10. Purchase today and see why you only want Thorne in your... The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Ecukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all handpicked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Corner. Yes! First appearance on the show. Hey, Sean. What's going on? Sean, man, congratulations, bro. Matt, sir, it's, a, it's an honor, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope, I hope the producers told you that I insisted. I insisted. <laughs> I go, get Sean Brady. Get him on here. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if told you that, but that they, is the they truth. Didn't, they didn't tell me, but we're Dude. both Henzo Gracie guys, so I mean, I would, hope. I, I would hope. I would hope. I got your boy Chris Weidman right in the back on the wall, so. Love it. You, you know? I appreciate it. it. Hey, man. I don't want you to think that I didn't want you on. Matt's not saying that like I said no, and then he insisted that I mean, we were both. It's we're all both, right. It's all right. right. We have to do work. Now, <laughs> I want to talk to you because, first of all, hey, man, that's the way to bounce back after a tough day in the office. No yeah. bullshits. No, no, no. We didn't hear no whining. No, You go back in, and what you do is you make an example of the next guy. 
And the next guy happened to be a stud. And what you did to him is not normal by any means. I mean, look at the fights he had with Israel Adesanya. Look at the fights he had with some of the best. Jared Cannonier. Yeah, exactly. And I was, when I hear the crowd, listen, the crowd was getting a little spoiled because there's a lot of stoppages. Yeah. This is more, this was, this was, you know who got it right? The commentators, DC. Yeah. He had yeah. it right. They yeah, were yeah, impressed. Yeah. They were as impressed as I was. Yeah, that was yeah. beautiful jujitsu. Thank and you so much, man. Control, control, control. He's going, you're heading him off at each pass. Anywhere yeah. he goes, he's answer for. Yeah, yeah. Deal with a Kimura. Dude, it was fucking amazing, dude. Thank you, man. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it couldn't have went any, any better. And like you said, I've watched so much film on Kelvin. I watched him against Weidman. And even only two people to submit him were Weidman. And before yeah. that, he got, he got fucking floored in that first round. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, so like, I know. And then uh, Jack Hermanson heel hooked him, which we know how heel hooks go. Like yeah. anybody can get caught with those. But besides that, dude's never been finished besides those two finishes. And he's had five or six main events. I only have seven UFC fights, you know? So, um, yeah. And then just to seal the deal with the Kimura, like for me, like I'm a basic jujitsu guy. Like I have like Kimuras, rear naked chokes, guillotines, Darces, Anacondas. Like those are just things that are all in my wheelhouse. And the Kimura is the best. Like I, I just feel like that's one of my favorite submissions. And um, to hit that, man, it was, it, it was great. What when was your mindset? On, oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry. I was going to say, when he had that Kimura on, Jimmy, I don't know if you've ever seen a Kimura, like, when he, I mean, look, for, for instance, Frank Trey, Frank Trey, fuck, fuck Frank Trey. Frank, Frank Mir. Uh, <laughs> not that guy. Frank Mir. Yeah. Yeah. Versus Minotauro. Yes. A Kimura break is not a pretty thing. When he had, yeah. I, I swear, as much as I love the Kimura, when you had that on, I'm almost looking away. Yeah. I'm like, dude, tap Kelvin. Yeah. And dude, yeah. and I'll tell you, you and you, the way you did it well, on the knee, you didn't even have to sit through. What control? Yeah. So, man, yeah. move on. It's, it, it's funny. Uh, Dean, obviously, is his first time is in my corner. And he told me afterwards, he was like, bro, I looked away because he was like, I didn't want to see that motherfucker's arm break. And I was like, well, that's, if he didn't tap, that's the way, that's the way it was going. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Dean Thomas. Now, how did that come along? That's a, that's an unlikely um, duo there. Like, how did he end up in your corner? And we love so, Dean Thomas. Yeah, oh, he's the best. So after my fight with um, Bilal, I was in New York for Izzy versus Pereira. And, um, oh. I seen Dean in the crowd and I've always just been a fan of Dean. He came up to me. He was like, Hey man, he was like, this is going to be the best thing that ever happened to you. He was like, don't fucking worry about it. Just get back in the gym, keep your head held high. And we started to talk uh, here and there. And then we just connected. And then he came out to Philly. He has family in Reading and he has family in Delaware. So he came out a couple of times um, when I was supposed to fight Jack Della Maddalena in the summertime. And he started helping me then. And I got an infection in my arm. I had to pull out, but, Ever since then, this whole camp, he came down like three or four times. He was with us for almost a week during um, Thanksgiving break. So, and then he came out to uh, he came out to Austin, and it's now I, he's going to be in my corner for a very long time. He's a great guy, smart mind, and he he simplifies things. Like he's like, listen, like exactly what we did in training camp is exactly how that fight played out, and um, yeah, it couldn't have went any 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 better.
And you, you had you were fifteen and zero, and then you, and then you dropped to Bilal. And it's always interesting how an undefeated guy handles that because some guys it really does it does yeah. something to their psyche and it sends them into a a, a place of self doubt, which we've seen a lot. Yeah. yeah. How did that How did that affect you? And what did you do to not fall into that? I mean, I'd be lying if I said it didn't bother me. Obviously, it did. Sure. But the whole entire year was just like twenty. After that fight, I um I had two injuries. I tore my groin twice. Uh, I had to pull out of my Jack Della Maddalena fight two weeks before the fight. So I had all kinds of, all kinds of, uh, obstacles, but you know, I think it made me the best version of myself. Um, mentally, like if you can mentally go through all the shit I went through and come out on the other end, uh, it, it made me super, super mentally tough and just realizing also like, yeah, fighting's great and all that, but it's not, it's not everything. Like when I was undefeated, I thought, if I lost my undefeated record, like my life would be over. Like no one would care about me anymore. And your family still loves you. Your team's still there. And um, yeah, so I just have a whole different mindset on training and fighting now. And I think it's going to work out really, really good for me. Yeah. Giga Jacquezi just uh, tore his, uh, his groin. He just, he just had one. He's out. Yeah. Yeah. I seen that. And it's, it's a very painful injury. So you get a lot of time to kind of just sit around and reflect on, on everything, you know, like fighting is such a selfish sport, and especially me, like being the true professional I am, like I am very selfish because you have to be when you're fighting. But there's things outside of fighting where you, you got, I made sure my, like, like my wife's a nurse and there's, dude, like Matt Sarah can tell you, you neglect your family, you know, and um, I did a really good job this training camp of taking the necessary breaks I needed, trying to spend more time with her, trying to just do the right things to have my mind and my body right. and it worked out, you know, um, I, I went into this fight, the best I've ever felt easiest weight cut. And honestly, the easiest UFC fight I've ever had, you know, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a struggle. I trained like it was going to be the hardest fight of my life, which you should always do, but it, it, it was easy. It, it felt really, really good. And the fight you lost with below, like, listen, you got caught on the feet. Yeah. Like, yeah. My thing is, it's not like what you just did to Kelvin. And I mean that respectfully. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't get that done to you, so it's not yeah. like, man, I was undefeated. Now I met a guy that just had my number. Yeah, or yeah. or it could have been just a rough, a, a bad day in sparring. It could have, I, you know what I mean? Like, how much do I, we overanalyze, and how much do we just say, you know what, chalk it up as fuck? That could have just happened in sparring. Exactly. It, it was literally like that's exactly what it was up until that point when I got hit with that. He didn't even drop me. I was still wide awake on my feet. Like he didn't knock me out up until that up until that point. We were going strike for strike, you know. Um, I was in that fight up until that point. And then if I was mentally where I am now, that would have been a completely different fight. But I'm happy that it happened the way it did because it made me realize you have to go in there and just be present for that 15 minutes or 25 minutes. My, when I got rocked in that fight, my, my mind wasn't there for that split 30 seconds or however long it was. And I lost the fight because of it. I yeah. went into this fight knowing like for 15 minutes, no matter what happens, if I'm in a bad position, if I get dropped, I'm just going to fucking focus on the next step, whether it's a punch or takedown, a kick, just focusing on what is coming next and just being where my feet are. And yeah, I felt, I felt, I felt everything in there. Like he felt like I, I've always heard fighters talk about, they feel like they're in like a, like a video game and they're floating over top of themselves and, I felt like that. Like I, I, everything he threw, it was like slow motion. I was just moving out of the way of it. And I just felt like I was 
three steps ahead of him the entire time. Yeah, it's just one of those nights where everything is working. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and a guy like Kelvin, he is so impossible to stop. I mean, it, it, through punches, like you, you've seen him take shots that would have killed most people. Oh, and like yeah. you said, all, aside from the uh, the Weidman sub and the heel hook, he's just he's impossible to submit. He's had a lot of fights for a 32-year-old guy, too. A lot of main events. You go look, he's had main events up and down his entire career. It took Izzy to a split decision, yep. you know, so um, – yeah, man, he's I the the highlight of him knocking out Bisbing. That shit was getting played all week. I got people online telling me that's going to be me. So I I was motivated. I was motivated. Speaking you, of that, I was going to say, Jimmy, I'm sorry that when you're when you're undefeated, everybody's your friend. Everybody loves you. You could do no wrong. Yeah. Now, what after the Bilal Muhammad fight? Did you? Of course, your family, your, the friends, the guys, yeah. the they're with you. Of course. They oh, know of course, of course. But let's talk about the guy at Starbucks. Let's yeah. talk about the yeah. guy behind the GNC counter. I've dealt with those guys. Oh, for sure. Did you get did you get shocked at all by some of the because nobody some of the stupid things that people that you thought should have known better say yeah, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I've, I had a few, <laughs> I actually had this one where me and my wife, we had to go to a family's, uh, a funeral and I'm in line at the funeral and I'm saying like my condolences to the family. And she says, I'm sorry for your loss too. Like her, like her father-in-law or somebody just died and me and my wife left there. I'm like, I'm like, yo, can you believe this chick just said this shit to me? <laughs> like. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, I was like, dude, this is nuts. But That's it's funny. funny. That, that, in I a way. It, it, yeah, I'm like, I mean, I think people just don't know what to say. Do they don't you know, know what, what to say. Saying? Yeah, they don't. They don't know. And I get it. Like, um, <laughs> but like when you win, though, oh, man, everything tastes everything tastes better. Everyone oh. fucking loves you. But when you lose there, it's it's uh, it can be a shitty spot. But um, luckily, I've been on the winning end a lot more. And oh, 100%. fuck. I, I like to win it and a lot better. I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> what, is the right, what is the right thing to say to somebody? Because you want, like, if you see them, you know, like, what is the, the thing to say, which isn't, it's not a dick thing. It's just uh, expressing like, hey, I hated to see that. Is there anything? Hey, I mean, you just tell them next time, you know, it is what it is. Like, my thing is, you're going to, you're going to go in there. It's a 50-50 chance you come out a winner or a loser, you know, and, right. um, we have to, you have to be okay with that. Like, yeah, I went undefeated for a long time, but I knew eventually like it could happen that I would lose. And um, yeah, you just have to be okay with knowing like somebody's got to win. Someone's got to lose. And we're fucking, we're, we're fist fighting. So uh, it's not, it's not, it's not always going to be pretty. Hey, hey, Sean, when I lost the title, the St. Pierre, one of yeah. my friends, one of my friends, he's a nice guy. He's a guy from down South. He didn't mean nothing by it. He goes, don't worry. You'll get the eye of the tiger back. <laughs> like, oh, I want to fucking uh, murder you. I want to murder you. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like I'm that, really, Matt? No. So, oh my I go, God. dude. He, uh, before I even so finish my sentence, I go, I go, dude. He goes, I'm sorry. I go, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was like, why the fuck did I just say that? Oh, he caught himself. Yeah, he's, because he was implying uh, that your lack of focus oh. and. Heart was, is what cost I you the, the, eye of the tiger. Yeah. I was supposed to be alone doing the commercials with the credit card. I don't know. But it's fucking, it's fucking no, it, it, people just don't know what to say to you, man. And it, yeah. it's it it is what it is.
It is, man. So, all right, now look, that you came out of there unscathed. Yeah. What do you, what, what, and I like the call out. I like the call out of uh, if Ian Gary wins this next one, you called him out. Yeah. Well, supposedly they're coming to AC uh, March 30th. So, I mean, between Philly and AC, I've won belts for CFFC. I've defended belts for CFFC. And oh, a, like, a, AC was like my second home. So, if I can fight in AC, that's that's ideal. And if I can get Ian too, um, that's even more ideal because it's a, it's a fight I want. You know, he's very talented. I think he's a good fighter, but a lot of the shit that he does, like the like the shit talking and acting weird online, yeah. and he's just not a team player. Like like I said again, like you know how it is. Like when you come from lineage, like we came from, like. I have the Henzo Gracie logo tattooed on me. Like I, I love Henzo. I love that entire family. Like I love those guys and you're loyal to them, you know? And um, this kid's bouncing around from gym to gym, filming his sparring, posting it, talking shit on teammates. So yeah, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to get after that for sure. More of a nomad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it, it'd be cool if you were like respectful. Like I, I think of myself as a true martial artist. Like I did, I did gi jiu-jitsu for 10 years until i got my black belt and um once i'm done fighting i'll be right back in the gi like i i still do traditional martial arts and i i think of myself as a martial artist like i think these guys they just it's a new era of fighting and i get it but um if i can fucking like same thing with the kimura like basic jiu-jitsu like that shit still works and that's what i love about it and and can i just say jimmy only because this is this is something i love to point out you know, and I said it before, like how I feel your, your jujitsu is just so it's oh, I, I I don't like to say old school, but it's just you taking a guy down, you're having your way with him, you're, you're passing guards, you're mounting, you're finishing, you're moving forward, nothing funky. Yeah. Uh, you went versus one of the funkiest in um, Craig Jones. And you beat him in a jujitsu match. I mean, that's yeah. something I cannot. And I don't care how many highlights it had or anything. You beat yeah. that, that yeah. to shut that guy down. Yeah. Is that guy is just yeah. he's, he's that good. He's one of the best in the world in the no gi graph. He's not a fighter. He, he doesn't no. try to be. He's a funny yeah. guy. He seems funny. Yeah. But he's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. He's like a goofy guy. But he's uh he's so talented with jujitsu. Yeah. The fact that you shut him down, yeah. if you think about when we're listen, you gotta after we do our thing, get the title, defend it. When you're done fighting. Oh, about I already jump- know what you're gonna say. Jiu-jitsu oh. matches? Hell yeah! I um, I had the one with Craig. I had the, I did one against Ben Saunders. I actually camored Ben Saunders for Fury as well. Um, I was going to do a few more this year. I think I was going to go against. Um, I was supposed to have a match with Dante Leon. Like I had some good matches set up, and they just kind of they kind of fell apart. But I still want to compete while I'm fighting. But as soon as I'm done fighting like that that's all i'm going to do is do jujitsu i'm going to i'm going to do the right i'm going to i'm going to get gain some size do do some things you know do what them boys are doing and ah. get in there get in there and compete like i want to compete jujitsu for like look at guys like wagner rocha wagner's 40 something and he's still competing and winning at adcc and yeah. winning super fights lovato jr like i oh, want to compete crazy. I want to compete forever. So yeah, uh, jujitsu is definitely hundred percent, but back to the Craig thing, like same thing with him. I went against Craig for eight minutes and yeah, did I play? I played, I went in that thinking, I'm just not going to let this guy sweep me. I'm not going to let him get underneath of me and I'm going to win the match by just staying on top. I'm not the, the world-class jujitsu guy like he is. And he couldn't sweep me. 
couldn't submit me. He was a little butthurt afterwards, but I'm like, hey, I played by the rules. I stayed on top. You couldn't, you couldn't get on top of me, and it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I'm like they have a Fury. Aljo's competing on it against. Um, he's doing uh, it's him versus one of our actual guys from from Jonathan Webb's gym. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kid that went against Marab. Um, for Fury, for 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 Fury, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. As far as I know, Al, yeah, they just announced that Alger's the main event on that. So Alger I would like, fun. so Fury, like, yeah, I want to, but ADC, like, I want to do is like some real tournaments for sure. Yeah. Sean, you're from Philly, right? How 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 long did you live in Philly? And were you going up to Henzo's? Oh, you trained Henzo's in Philly. Philly, Philly I lived in Philly my entire life, and we used to go up to Henzo's once a week to the uh, to the John Donahue classes in the in the basement. Oh, yeah. you were going in? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. um Daniel Gracie was my uh, was my jujitsu coach, and Daniel's obviously cousins with Henzo, and yeah, we would go up there, go up there all the time. So I love Henzo; um, he's yeah. he's the best. Yeah, fantastic! This fantastic human being is Daniel. I know Daniel has a place in Vegas now too. Yeah, we're we're actually um, we're no Daniel. Daniel moved to to Vegas, so yeah, he's full time. Yeah, he's full time in Vegas, but me and my team like. We're still all the same guys in Philly. Like I said, I was born in Philly. I've never left. And that's something I'm super proud of, too. Like, all these guys go to these super gyms. And I, I can say, like, I never, ever left. Like, I've been same same jujitsu. Like, my first jujitsu coach was a black belt under Hegan Machado. So, yeah. So, like, I have all this. Like, I was with my original coach. He passed me on to Daniel. And I never – and I've been under that same lineage my my entire career and i've never left the city of philadelphia so i'm super proud of that and what do you think about uh ian gary against um oh my god uh, uh, vicente what do you think about that fight i think luke might spank his ass but i'm hoping i'm hoping if he if he doesn't that i get to luke's fight but even if even if luke wins uh me and luke were originally supposed to fight before i got the kelvin matchup so Ian kind of snuck in and took Luke from me as an opponent. So obviously it worked out for me in the end, but I respect Luke and his team. If he wins, I would love to fight him. But obviously if Ian wins, that's the fight that I think uh, would be really good for me. Awesome. I mean, Luke, a, that's a hard guy to get past. Yeah. That's not, that's not that's a book in the park. And listen, that's what I'm saying. This young kid's got a lot of other pressure on him now with uh, yeah. the stuff yeah. that's yeah. That thing coming at him. Yeah, a little, yeah, so, a little, uh, we'll see where his head's at, you know. Luke is a bad, bad man, so a lot of people are kind of writing Luke off, like forgetting what he's done to people. So, I think Ian's gonna have a long night, yeah, interesting for sure. Hey, man, hey, listen, Sean, man, we're, 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 we're happy for you, yeah, I mean, great I mean, fight, right back Thank on you. top. All those motherfuckers yes. that jumped yeah, off the bandwagon, those, 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 those guys, we don't want to <laughs> Jimmy never left. Yeah, and, uh, no, I, we get you know, you get something coming up. Please jump back on, Sean. Yeah, I will. Whenever, whenever I got something, I'll hit you guys up and I'll get back on. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, Matt, I'm a huge fan of yours. You're a legend, and uh, you're a great guy. So thank you so much, man. I, I truly appreciate it. Thanks well, a lot, nice. Sean. Thanks for coming on, man. Great job thank against Kelvin. All right, yes, take sir. care, man. You have a good holiday, buddy. Yep. Thank you, you guys too. Take care, Sean. Hey man, Jimmy. Yeah, that was nice. I, yeah, he's great. I'm happy, I'm happy we got him on. Me too, buddy. All right, well, I'm gonna go shit my brains out for the rest of the day. Oh shit! I'll unload him next time.
All right. Um, oh, no, no. Oh, you want to unload now? I, I thought you were going to call me. No, no. It's okay. No, tell me. No, nah, no. Nah, you it. have to because I'm, I'm, I'm going to think I'm going to call you anyway. So you got to tell me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, let's yes. so let's Saturday's fights. That's what I want to talk about. Okay, hold on. Matt wants to unload. I want to hear this. I don't think you do. Yes, I do. Um, hold on. Let me open my thing up again. Um, uh, it is. Oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, Song Yudong against Chris Gutierrez. This is, of course, in Vegas. Prelim, 7 p.m. Main card, 10 p.m. on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Prelims are on ESPN+. Plus. And Anthony Smith, Khalil Roundtree Jr. is a fantastic co-main. Uh, this is a great fight night. Song versus Gutierrez. So one of my very best friends, very, very, very close friend, you know, correction officer, getting ready for work two days ago, in his uniform, five in the morning, shortness of breath, calls for an ambulance. The ambulance got there and, uh, you know, on the way in the ambulance, he had a cardiac arrest. This guy's 50 years old, brick shit house. Yeah. He, he got me, he helped me get ready for Matt Hughes, Frank Trigg. I'm not going to mention his name yet until because right now he's still on a ventilator, but it doesn't look good, you know? So, you know, it's just so, it's just Jimmy. It's just one of those things where not since I lost Hulk, it's like, it's this is a bad one. So it's yeah. like, you know, it, you know, it, it's a guy that it's, it's not one of those guys that you, you know, he's not a slop. He's not a 50 year old slop. The guy's. Sure. And the guy looks like a He-Man figure. He's just in shape. Such a such a good, good guy. Like such a great guy. You know how Jimmy, you love me, but other people could think I'm a shit. This guy's a great yeah. guy. You know what I mean? So it's one of those, dude. So I went to teach. So, you know, I've been at the hospital the last couple of days, you know, and the wife's right. and all the you know, he's a correction officer, all those guys are there. But you know, everybody's, you know, pretty torn up and you see your your, your guy sitting there within a with a with a ventilator and you know, hooked up to a, yeah. vent a, a ventilator, right? And he's yeah. not conscious, right? No, he's not. He hasn't been conscious. You okay. Know? And, uh, you know, it, it obviously is not looking good at all. It, it's, it's pretty much what it is. And it, we know the way it's going and it's one of those things, you know? So I went to go teach this morning and I took my steam and then I'm going to lock the door and I go, I park upstairs and I, I pull around. And then I just tell my friend, my, my, my student Mark, I go, look, dude, I go, have Tony teach Anthony Palacino, my black guy. I go, have Tony teach because I just started fucking breaking down. So I, I ended up going to teach. And then I started being just a crying bald man in my parking lot. So thank you to my Jedi yeah. for teaching the class. And uh, I was going to go in tonight, but I think I'm just going to chill out. Yeah, just relax. You know, these things happen, even if you're in great shape. Like there's some things that are genetic. Some guys have like genetic defects or whatever it is that there's nothing they can do about it. Or they don't even know about it. So. I'm but sorry I, to hear it. Yeah, it's very, very depressing. It sucks. You know, and it's, yeah, it just sucks, you know. And I, and I at my school, I like to be jovial, you know. Yeah. So I, I'm not the type of guy that could have that, you know, that smile on when I'm all depressed inside. But I did it for this hour. Well, that's the, that's the price of getting older, too. Like, the, the advantage of getting old is you're alive, and the disadvantage is you see a lot of people you love dying because you just, it's just the process. It, it does suck. It is sad, but I don't want to bring everybody down, Jimmy. Uh, listen, what a great show. What a, These guys are great. I love having Anthony Smith on. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I'll tell you, Sean Brady, that dude, you know, I'm happy that he just got right back on the horse and 
And he's he did exactly what you should do if you have a bad night in the office. You go back yeah. in, you have a performance like that. Yeah. No one's talking about that below fight now. No, not at all. All right, Jimmy. Thank you for letting me vent. I mean, anytime, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I call me whenever you want. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere for the next, you know, month. I'm, I'm in town, so I would love to. Anytime you want to call, call. You're the best, Jimmy. What, uh, what are you at the Fat Black Pussycat? Not tonight. tonight. No, I, don't, I literally don't want to shit down my pant leg. I don't oh, trust yeah. myself to be on stage. I'm like, I know I'll drop a log on the fucking stage, so I'm going to run to the toilet now. Good, good luck with your colonoscopy. I'm sure it's Thank be- you. Yeah, I just yeah. hope I don't come. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Watch the fights this weekend. Yes, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Best, Jimmy. Take care. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.